Rub your ass in the moonshine. Let's take it back to 79. Episode 79. It's a little Wu-Tang quote there. Those of you wondering if I'm drunk. No, I'm not. It's just Friday. And you ain't got a job. You ain't got shit to do. Whew. Now, you saw the title. Maybe it's time for a break. No, I don't need me. I'm never going to take a break. Um, running laps around all of you. No break needed. But there might be some folks out there who are thinking about taking a break, especially given the craziness that's going on in the hobby the last day, week, month, year, whatever time frame you want to put on it. Without telling you who it is, I had an interesting phone call um, yesterday from a hobby participant friend of mine who was basically you know, feeling disenfranchised, feeling like there's no room for him in the hobby. And and the saddest part about this after I hung the phone up and, and thought about it is there aren't many people like this guy in the hobby. Hobby being the important part, because this is somebody who truly collects, somebody who, you know, educates themselves on players, on the sport they collect, and, you know, collects cards, goes after cards, collects brows, it's not looking for a quick, you know, an easy, you know, flip. And yet this individual is feeling like the hobby is not a place for him anymore after many, many years of being in this and having fun with it. And you know I ask my probing questions. Why? Are you not having fun anymore? No, I'm not having fun. I'm not having fun at all. Um, there's nothing fun about it. I, I, you know, to quote a, a song, you ruin the hobby I love. with your bullshit. I guess I owe like a royalty now for for singing that. <laughs> if I do, guys, reach out. I'll, I'll give you a couple bucks. Um, it's interesting to see kind of what goes on. And, you know, it's a combination of shield bidding, which I guess we could talk to. It's a combination of just, you know, where the you know, where the industry, use a different word for it, is heading, where the business is headed. Um, and, you know, just feeling like there's no appreciation for people who just want to buy cards that they want to own, that they want to hang on to, you know, for for folks who want to try to, you know, look for that grail, look for that collector piece. Um, and they see, you know, the, the hobby is more of... Uh, Craziness. Part of what I tried to say to this person was the hobby is not what you see on social media. We've talked about that a bunch of times on, on, uh, you know, on episodes, but the first thing I would say to anybody who is feeling like the hobby is moving in a direction that they are no longer, you know, a fan of would be to shut down Twitter and Instagram and Facebook and social for a, a minute and go to a show, go to an LCS, and only do live, in-person type of hobby stuff for the next week or two weeks. Almost like hitting a reset button, right? Because the world of in-person hobby dealing, trades, dollar boxes, you know, watching deals get done, watching people go in and, and you know, retail buyers go and buy a card for themselves. It has a, you know, the, the it has this this way of kind of resetting your brain from what you're seeing on Instagram, because if you go on on you know Hobby IG, it's 
that I've talked about, right? It's the flip game, it's the breaking game, it's the bang. And, you know, because of, um, you know, a couple years of, of declining prices from the boom time highs that we had, what you're seeing, of course, is a lot of content that is looking to tear down the hobby. Now, the hobby doesn't do a good job of propping itself up. It's pretty easy to tear down when there are actors in it that give uh, fodder, you know, fuel to the fire for content that's easy to make, right? Um, I could come on here and spend 20 minutes talking about show bidding. I'm not going to do it. You guys want to look up show bidding and why it's bad? Go right ahead. I'll tell you it's bad. Um, and there's going to be enough people making content, enough people, you know, putting stuff out there about how show bidding is bad, okay? <laughs> there's enough people out there putting content about how there's six or eight of the same one of ones being put out by tops and that nobody cares and nobody's doing anything about it and quality control is terrible. Um, very rarely do you see content that's like, hey, you know, I, you know, I, I, I want to prop up the hobby. I want to talk about this great stuff. And when you do, it just doesn't get the eyeballs. Um, you know, to pat myself on the back here. I just saw a post before I started recording here from somebody who um, won a giveaway from me on one of my Friday drip shows. I had the same, you know, a couple dozen people in there every week. They knew that if they came on, their likelihood to win a freebie from me, to get an auction, get a free auto or something like that um, would be cool. But, uh, you know, this individual, I'll direct you to that post just so you can take a look at it. Um, I think one off of me, you know, one of the giveaways I did, I did a, a, a Zion case. It was either Mint Collective or Beckett, you know, Zion, one, of the, one of the small Zion cases. And um, got that for free and bought a card for like, you know, 20% of eBay comps just because if you don't have a lot of people on Drip, um, you're going to sell your stuff cheap. Um, but guys, go check out Papa Jim Journey. Papa Jim Journey. On IG, three words, you know, all combined into one long word, Papa Jim Journey. Um, and you'll see a post where he talks about an emotional mail day, right? And there's not enough of this stuff. I, I wish people would share this stuff more, tag me in it. You know, I did this once where it's, you know, hey, if you're a collector, you know, please tag me and I'll post your stuff because there should be more of that out there, kind of balance it out. But I love this. It was, it's an emotional mail day. This is somebody, Jim, who's on a hobby budget, he says in his post, and buys and sells so that he can, you know, build up his PC. About a month ago, I won a few items on KJLR's Drip Shop live stream, not really needing them. I sold one on eBay. I must have sold it cheap enough for him to go and flip it on eBay. And the other in a private sale. I've had my eyes on a vintage Phillies jersey from the mid-50s to frame up with my dad's photo. Then this pops up. So I bid on it and won it and used those funds to pay for it. It's a vintage Salt Lake Bees pennant from the team my dad played for in 1954. I had a save search on my eBay for over two years. I keep searching for a larger one, but this one works. Was it expensive? No. But does it matter? Not really. Why? Because you should hobby how you like, enjoy it, and keep it within your budget. I appreciate the help, Cage. That's cool shit. Now, of course, again, a little pat myself on the back. And it's cool. This guy's dad played for a ball team that has a pennant that he can go on eBay and buy. I know a little something about that myself. But that's a cool hobby story that I guarantee you nobody's talking about. Nobody's putting stories up and nobody's posting that. Nobody's, you know, you know, reposting it. 
because it's not going to catch headlines. It's not going to make anybody, you know, famous and it's not going to give anybody more influence, but it's the exact kind of stuff that should be talked about. Why? Because you got everything in there, right? And he ends it with hobby your way. So think about what, what we're talking about there. There's no right, wrong, bad, or good here. Okay. You want to say, oh, he's a collector. Okay. He's a collector. Look, he's collecting cards. He's building a PC. He bought this pendant on eBay and he's going to hold on to it for a long time. It's something he's been searching for. You have that, that thing that tugs on the heartstrings of collectors, you know, that grail search, that item that you've had a save search for for years and you finally get it. But let's flip the script for a second. What did he use to buy this grail? What did he use to fund his collection, his PC? Money that he got from buying something cheap and selling it for more money. So maybe he's not a collector. Maybe Papa Jim Journey is a flipper. <gasps> he's a bad guy. No, there's nothing wrong with either way of doing it. That's why we say hobby how you like. And I think that's the right way of doing stuff, right? If you're able to also you know, use a fund of Gary Vee where you're arbitrage, right? If you're able, able to do that, right? You're able to buy something low, sell it high, and use the profit, use the money to put it towards something that you really want that you're going to keep. I think everyone should do that. I think it's a great way of doing this. I think, you know, it's the way that a lot of folks, including myself, during the last, you know, kind of come up, the last kind of run, it, it was the way that people were able to color up. People were able to, you know, take their base cards, grade them, turn them into silvers, turn them into number cards, turn them into PC items that they're going to be able to keep for a while that they wouldn't have been able to get if they were not doing that kind of buy, sell, flip. And I love this story because I hear a lot of people telling me the flip game is dead, right? And the stuff that was fun, they can't do anymore. Repackers are killing it. Some of us can't even operate in the hobby anymore. The hobby's done. Because with the repackers, nobody wants to consolidate. It's just gambling. It's just, I mean, nobody wants to, you know, nobody wants to speculate on what's going to go up. People just want to pay, you know, low comps and then put it in a repack. I've seen stories like, like that like crazy. But Papa Jim found a way to do it, you know. He found a way to buy something low and sell it higher. You know, maybe sometimes you got to do a little bit of research. Maybe sometimes you got to find that live stream for somebody who's giving out bargains trying to build up their name instead of somebody who's live streaming and already has fanatics backing them with 10,000 people on the stream. Um, you know, maybe, you know, mama breaks and daddy rips and, um, you know, Santiago and all these other guys that have as much allocation and as much product as they could ever have from fanatics. Maybe they're not going to give you a bargain because maybe they don't have to. You know, maybe the way to to find this to go on Drip, which is where Papa Jim found it, and I'm no longer, you know, getting paid by Drip to say this. Maybe it's Car Shop Live, who's never paid me. Um, maybe it's you know, it's it's any of these things. Maybe it's a you know an IG Live seller, and you get on there and you find a bargain and then you sell it somewhere else. Papa Jim did it. No reason why you can't. So I mean, there, I, I talk about that. I went on a little bit of a tangent there because. You know, back to my back to my friend. I told him maybe it's time to take a break because it's impacting his uh, you know his mental state. He's now you know getting upset at the hobby, getting upset at the world, and I'm sure he's not the only one. I'm sure there are a lot of people in here who are you know who are reassessing their position in the space. 
Um, and there are a lot of things that bring you to do that, right? The world's macroeconomic picture, you know, the fact that interest rates are where they are and, you know, people's jobs are more tenuous, people's spending money is more tenuous than it was. You don't have the ability to kind of just, you know, roll the dice on cards. Um, you know, maybe people are over leveraged. Maybe people spent a little too much on cards and they have to reassess their position. Um, maybe it's just not as easy as it was and maybe it's just not as easy as people thought it was going to be. Um for me, what I'll tell you is it looks like right now the only money being made, uh, real money being made, are by breakers. Um, maybe repackers. We'll do an episode. I put a story up there uh, about repackers. It's just something I'm curious about. I'm doing my research. So I'd like to talk about it. Maybe have a repacker or 12 on the show because I see that kind of as an avenue for, you know, for you know the hobby going forward as well especially with the licenses and the car manufacturers kind of being in limbo. It, it almost becomes a repack product, almost becomes something that has the licensed cards in it, you know, has the ability to kind of cap your downside while, you know, still having some upside to it. It's an interesting way of, uh, you know, kind of next phase of the hobby. And I, I'm learning more about it, but maybe it's time to take a break. That's the refrain. So I'll tell you what my thought is on it. And uh, we've talked about hobby audits. The audit conversation is usually about your own collections, about your own PC, right? And if you're looking to try to sell some stuff, try to you know consolidate, try to you know move your stuff around, you take your collection out, you put it in a stack, and you make a stack of the cards that would be impossible for you to get back next week, the cards that you just need. You can't live without. You're not going to want to sell it because it's going to be so impossible for you to get back, even if you were to, you know, have the money next week to get it. It's those rare cards, those scarce cards. You make that one pile and everything else you sell. We've talked about the audit. You know, we talked about that. But what about the audit of your 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 mental state and how the hobby is, is making you feel? And it wasn't just yesterday's conversation with this one friend that I've had this probably a, a dozen times over the last month with people who are in the hobby, people who have been in the hobby for a couple months to people who have been in the hobby for a couple of years. And I have the same kind of, you know, stair step here, this process. And I say, well, what'd you get into the hobby for? And almost uniformly, the answer is other stresses in life, other things going on. Uh, a lot of people was COVID and, you know, I was home and stressed out and, you know, I had extra time. So I wanted some nostalgia, you know, some people say that, you know, they were gambling and they wanted to get out of the gambling, but still be able to kind of, you know, have a little bit of rush, you know, be able to, you know, uh, make a bet on their team or their player. Some people said they had a stressful job um, and this is what they enjoy doing in their free time. Uniformly, if you, if you, you know, you still all those down. It's people were coming to the hobby because what they had going on in their real lives was stressful, and this was an escape. It was an escape from something for them. It was an easy place for them to come, find a community, spend some time, and get some enjoyment. And the question that then has to be asked to these people is: Is it still an escape? from stress in your real life or is the hobby itself now causing stress and if it is 
The answer was yes for a lot of people I've talked to. You've got to step away for a little while. This is where you're supposed to be coming to away from the stress. <laughs> Not many people want to spend money to add stress to their life. And uh, it's an eye-opening thing when you think about it that way, right? And the uh, the guy from yesterday, the one person I was having a conversation with, when we got to this point, it was, well, I don't want to leave the hobby. I don't want to leave entirely. And then it got to the last part, which is, all right, well, then what you need to do, and let's talk it through and see if we can do it, is find a way to get back to the parts of the hobby that you love that don't cause stress. What is it? Is it educating yourself? Is it educating other people? Is it just the hunt for a grail? Is it, you know, buying cards that you know are undervalued and then, you know, having the ability to sell them at a later date when the, you know, the player gets better or people realize the value of it. Find that thing that's yours and then stop doing everything else. That's kind of what we settled on, right? Um, mixed in with a little bit of forget what everyone else is doing. You know, we've talked about this also, kind of the run your own race line. There are people out there who are going to do this in a way that you wouldn't. There are people out there who are going to behave in a way that you wouldn't. Let them do their thing. The hobby has a fun way of weeding out a lot of those people. They'll lose money. They won't want to spend the time here. And if they're really nefarious, they end up getting caught. Um, <laughs> Avi does catch everybody eventually. It's kind of the way that it works. But I think if you're able to get back to what it is that's fun for you, what it is that you enjoy doing, a lot of the other stuff kind of fades away. Let me give you, I don't like, you know, telling people what to do. I'll tell you what I do, um, you know, because that's more fun. <laughs> Panini Digital. I, I, I got back into it. Uh, I'm going to give uh, Singapore Texan, a listener, a uh, long-time listener of the podcast, some of the national, the, the guy who's, uh, whose son opened up a pack of football prism at the national and pulled the Jordan Love black one-of-one one auto. Uh, pretty crazy pack for a kid to pull. Great story. I featured it in one of my weekly news segments, which um, I think the last one I did was 25, which means now – Finishing six months of doing that weekly show. It's pretty crazy. Um, but he's like, hey, you know, they switched it up. You know, they're, they're, there are kabooms and they're crafting and they're having, you know, they're like gamifying it. And, you, you know, you burn a, a base kaboom out of 25 and some other ones, you get a gold kaboom. Yesterday they did gold kabooms for Giannis. I didn't get one because the prices of these things are crazy. But, you know, maybe I'll get one of the other ones. Maybe I'll get a shack. Or a staff, or 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 somebody like that. I think I got a Chet base kaboom in the packs. Um, I was surprised to see how many people were in the Discord enjoying themselves. Hell, Ziggy, I know you can listen to this. Even Ziggy texted me. It's like, did you see the craft thing? Did you see? Who knows what's gonna come of it? Maybe a whole bunch of nothing. But they're trying, and. What I loved was the community around it. The folks in the, you know, the Discord have been there for a while saying, all right, we've been asking for this. They're finally doing it. And 
they allowed the crafting of 10 of these gold Giannis cards. 10. Eight of them were done in the first 15 minutes, and the challenge lasted an hour. All 10 were done. All 10 were, you know, built and made and, and the whole deal. I'm pretty sure my, my friend Spinatron has 10 of the 25 LeBron kabooms. <laughs> Guy's insane. Uh, but he's having fun with it. And these guys are all having fun with it. You know, you got to kind of try to find the stuff that, uh, that you enjoy and that you have fun with and you know, stick to it. Even if it's not going to be, you know, the flip of the century. Um, because if you're having fun, then you kind of view it as entertainment. You kind of view it as a hobby, right? You know, when people take up knitting as a hobby, more often than not, they're not looking to recoup the cost of their yarn. They just want to make a nice sweater. People take up other hobbies, they're spending money on it. I don't know too many people who have a hobby of golf that at the end of the year, they're doing their taxes and trying to make a profit off of their golf. Golf's pretty damn expensive. It's also pretty stressful for people like me who think I should be hitting the ball 500 yards and I hit it backwards somehow. If you get back to that, then it truly becomes a hobby again. Maybe it's not something you want to take a break from. This is your Friday episode, guys. Have a good weekend.